Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, that worked. Welcome once again to the Face of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pastalka. If you were on our feed before, something happened in StreamYard, didn't want to connect to LinkedIn, so we reset and came back again. So hopefully you're hearing us now. But with me today on the Faces of Business, I've got David Kreiser. David, thanks for being here today, man. Yeah, thanks so much, Damon. Excited to uh, have this conversation and excited to get into it with you. Glad that we are now live. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So great to have you here. It's been a long time coming and I'm I'm excited to do it because, you know, today we're going to be talking about using systems to drive business growth. And man, when I get to talk to a, a systems guy like you, I enjoy it because, you know, you've, you've been through the, the real work of turning companies around with systems and seeing the importance of that happening and, and really how by taking those systems, putting simple systems in place, how it can change a, a business, change a business owner's life. I really think it's going to be fun talking today. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I feel the, the exact same way, man. Uh, you know, brother from another mother, I think there, is the, uh, <laughs> is the phrase, there we go. but yeah, yeah, completely agree. And, and it's exciting, man. The, the transformation that you see, uh, you know, I say on both, on both sides, right on the leadership side. So ownership, leadership team, yep. management team, and, uh, at the shop floor level, right. If we're talking about a manufacturing yep. setting, I mean, it's the transformation is, is, um, you know, it's really what gets me kind of supercharged about all of it um, and, and both sides of it, because I think that's really important. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, David, what really brought you to, hey, I want to work on systems? That's <laughs> a great question. And, uh, you know, the the phrase trial by fire uh, comes to mind uh, when I really think about it. Um, you know, I spent, uh, nearly 20 years, uh, in a corporate setting working for a publicly traded company that grew through acquisition. And, uh, I was kind of fortunate, uh, to have had people around me that really saw something in me and continue to give me opportunities, continue to support me, continue to, um, you know, teach me and let me learn. And uh, here's the trial by fire, continued to put me in situations uh, that allowed me to uh, learn and grow and to uh, practice, you know, yeah. as I say, like, I, I grew up in a, a family run business, right? My parents owned multiple manufacturing companies when I was a little kid. Um, and so kind of growing up in that environment, you obviously, you know, got a, a great work ethic instilled in me from a very young age. I saw how my parents built their businesses, how they were able to get it to a certain point, but how also they kind of, you know, plateaued at some point because they, they weren't sure, okay, well, you know, where else do I go from here? How else do I continue to, you know, leverage systems, processes, people, uh, technology? How do I leverage all of that stuff to, to go from, you know, 5 million to 10 million, 10 million to 20 million. And, um, you know, so kind of transitioning into a corporate setting and seeing, you know, not only the the kind of firepower that they bring, but it was really the the kind of the thought process, the methodologies that they would use at each one of these acquisitions to go through and say, okay, you know, what are we doing from a people standpoint? How is that working? What are we doing from a planning standpoint? How is that working? How do we need to get into a better planning cycle? What are we doing from a process standpoint? What processes do we have in place? Are they documented? When's the last time we've reviewed them? What kind of technology do we have at this plant today? Uh, and what kind of technology are we going to have to put into this plant to ultimately be able to, you know, drive uh, operational improvement? So it was kind of uh, this culmination of seeing how my parents did things, 
seeing how it worked in the corporate setting. And for me personally, uh, kind of coming into the entrepreneurial world, I really wanted to tie all that together because I saw the frustration, um, whether it was an acquisition facility that was a, you know, second generation um, family uh, that was running that facility and, you know, kind of all of their frustrations of, well, you know, so-and-so doesn't do this and, you know, we can't get this done. And, you know, I'm dealing with this problem over here on the sales side or, you know, fill in the blank, right? Like you, mm -hmm. you kind of have a lot of those conversations. So I would see that time and time again. And, you know, there was a, a, a system that, as uh, from a corporate standpoint, there's a system that we would go through to identify those problems and start to walk forward um, and solve them. So it was, for me, that's what what this whole thing has been about, uh, you know, seeing it time and time again. And, and like I said, kind of getting thrown into the, uh, you know, thrown into the fire, thrown into the deep end of the pool yeah. and uh, having to figure it out. You know, how do you sell more? How do you make more with what you sold? All yeah. of that good stuff. Yeah. Well, you hit on a lot of good stuff here. And I go back to a couple of these. So when you really do, there are there are there are natural plateau points that will happen in a business. And and there's some business owners and 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 their their teams are able to push farther than others because of industry, because of their their knowledge, their and quite honestly, their willingness to work harder than most other people would ever think that they would uh, in a lot of cases because the systems aren't, aren't supporting them. But as you see these plateau points and you've brought into these situations, what do you really think you've learned about that? Is it, is it really difficult to get past these points or is it just applying the fundamentals of, 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 putting systems in place will get you past those plateau points? I mean, I think that's kind of a twofold answer. And one, it mostly depends on the mindset of, you know, the owner and leadership. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they're in the right mindset and they are ready to recognize, you know, as I say, kind of look in the mirror first, right? Because typically what happens as you're growing your business, you start your business because you're really good at the thing doesn't matter what the thing is, but you're good at it, right? And before you know it, you've got people around you. You've got yep. customers, clients, you've got people, uh, you know, support people, your team, all of that. And so typically what happens is you have to figure out as an owner, as your leadership team, how do you get out of your own way? And what I mean by that is if you're not ready to kind of recognize that you are part of the bottleneck, um, yeah. if not your, the entire bottleneck, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to say one of those two is, is more than likely true. And if yeah. you're not ready to recognize that, then it doesn't matter what systems that we recommend. It doesn't matter how we document processes. It doesn't matter what we do from a, a kind of people culture planning standpoint, because it's not going to, it's not going to get you to that next level. So for me, it's both one recognizing that you've got to have, uh, got to be in the right mindset and kind of, you know, take a look in the mirror to see how you've contributed to the bottlenecks within your business. And then two, once you're to that point, it really is the fundamentals of taking a look at, you know, kind of the core four, right? Planning people, process technology. For me, it's it's looking at those four categories and connecting those four things to build systems that solve the problems. And the problem can be something literally as simple as, you know, a solid onboarding process, job descriptions, training manual, HR documentation, right? It could be something as rudimentary as that because what happens is if you bring somebody in and you don't have a really solid hiring and onboarding process, if you don't even have a written job description, you know, you're kind of setting that person up for failure. And so mm -hmm. it's all of those little opportunities throughout your entire operation um, that you have the ability to systemize. And the more you do it, the more things you get out of your head and onto paper, the easier it becomes to get more people involved, to take advantage of the creativity that new people bring into the mix. You know, I used to say it would drive me crazy when I'd go to a new facility, we'd acquire a facility, I'd go there and everybody just wanted to be in agreement. You know, everybody, as we used to call it, everybody wanted to be a bobblehead. You know, yes, yes, okay, I'll do this. It's like, no, that's not what I want. I want your input. I want to know, 
you know, what you're struggling with. I want to know why it's taking you, you know, twice as long to do this particular part of your process or this particular task. I want to know why we're struggling to meet, you know, delivery dates or quality requirements or mm -hmm. fill in the blank. You know, it's like I could literally go on forever. So yeah, no, no, it's good. It's good because I was thinking about some things and, and I think really you're, you're, you're bringing to light two things. The, the plateau points in business, they are natural. They will happen. And, and if you're an owner in a business now and, and you're just business, you're stuck. You've been there for a couple of years. You've hit a plateau point. Don't think about it any longer. You got to change, start changing stuff. But what you talked about, I think, is really one of the, th the, the keys to taking that next step. And it, it is when you put simple things in place, a system, system and in, in onboarding an, uh, an employee for some, for an example, what you just did is if I wrote that down, these three steps to onboard an employee is, is, you know, shake their hand, give them a job description, give them a, you know, their, their name tag, their hard hat, whatever the heck you're giving them and say, go out and talk to, to you know, Susan, your, your supervisor out there in the factory, you know, that might be your onboarding process. But by doing that, you've just taken the tribal knowledge out of it. And no longer does Damon have to do it because Damon's the only one that knows how to do it. But I can have somebody else do it. And and I can I see how the process results are the other out the other end if we do it right. And, and, and then we have a system to start with and we start to do this. But what it allows these owners to do is to leverage, as you said, the creativity, the knowledge and the capacity of others in their business. Yeah. I mean, you know, two, two points to kind of tack onto that. Number one, the first thing that I always hear, it doesn't matter what we're talking about when we start talking about documented processes. I don't have the time. I don't have time to sit down. I got all these fires. I'm, I'm running back and forth from, you know, the office to the shop floor, spinning plates. That's what I'm doing all day, hoping none of them fall down and break. And the reality of it is it can literally be that first pass. It can literally be that high of a level because you're start what, what people don't understand is like, you know, you're starting, you're starting to get it out of your head and onto paper. It doesn't matter what the format is. Yes. Could you bring somebody in to, you know, give you the perfect uh, work instruction template? Yes, you could but it doesn't have to be that complex yet. Yes. You know, let's get it out of your head onto paper. The other thing that I tell people, especially in leadership that start to say, you know, well, we don't have the time. I don't have the time to sit down and do this. Anybody that has a team around them, one of the most powerful things you can do to harness other people's creativity is to say, Damon, I'm going to, I'm going to train you to help me get this process out of my head. Okay. And what that means is I'm going to articulate what I think the process should be. I want you to document it. I want you to run it through two or three or five or 10, depending on how big your team is, other people that have already gone through this. And I want you to add to it. I want you to be able to then draft the document, come back to me. Let me look over it. Let me revise it. Let me have some input, but I want you to be the owner of that particular process. And so that's one of the most powerful things you can do is to delegate something that simple because you're giving people uh, on your team the power to impact what happens, you know, throughout your organization. And the more you do that, the more, again, you get out of people's way and you give them the bounds, you give them the goal. You're just going to be blown away at the level of energy and the amount of, you know, kind of flurry that you start to see the amount of buzz you start to see around your uh around your business that's a great that's a I, i'm glad you shared that because that is a great way for a business owner to really allow others to step up a little bit to contribute and really be a part of it because we all as as we're in business today having everyone feel a part of that business is more important than ever, I believe. And allowing someone to do that does make them feel a part of it. They've built that process. They were training others on the process. They got feedback and reviewed it. And then you as the, maybe the owner, the, the, the CEO, whatever you want to call it, you, you can, they will be better because of it. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. 
good stuff good stuff on that because that that is and and it, it is it, it is when you see business businesses that have hit a plateau i mean across the board the owner first of all is is doing way too many things and and doesn't have ways to offload that work or delegate that work shouldn't say offload but get it to the right people so you find the the owners that are the salesperson the accountant and the oh the shop foreman too or the the main delivery driver or whatever you got going on in yeah. your small business and and they just need to be able to put things in place so that they can leverage the the like we said before the talent the capacity and the the energy from the others involved because that's it's really the key to scaling and growing your business. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't do it all yourself. That, that was really the lesson for me, you know, is one thing when I had a facility that I was responsible for that was doing, you know, a couple million dollars and I had 20 people. Yeah. There's another thing when we had, you know, a hundred people doing 20 plus million a year. Yeah. I mean, you can't be everywhere and doing everything. And the other thing I would add about that kind of delegation portion is, you know, it's part of the reason I see business owners and leadership fail in that delegation and having to be the everybody to everything is because they don't get, they, they don't start to engage in practice, right? That is a skill that takes time. You're not going to go from not being a good delegator and not being a good trainer and not being a good documenter of processes to being amazing at it all in one follow yeah. loop. Yeah. Okay. You're going to have some setbacks along the way. You're going to make some mistakes. So it's just that process of starting and practicing and being open with your people. You know, I used to go into, to when, when I had my corporate job, you know, I'd get thrown into the, to the deep end of the pool. I'd go in there and kind of say like, guys, I don't know this. You, you guys are going to have to train me on some of this. I need to learn it from you because you guys are the ones that are doing it every day. And, yeah. you know, having those kind of open dialogues with people, um, I think buys you a lot of credibility and, and, you know, I would tell owners, Hey, if you've been a particular way for a long time, you've never been able to let go. You've never been able to delegate, have that conversation, say, guys, I know I've been bad at this, but I really want to try to do this. Cause I know this is the only way to get us from where we are today to where we want to be. And I really want to go on that journey. I want you guys to be on that journey with me. And I need you to kind of call me out. I need you to support me because I'm going to make some mistakes here. Yeah. And so let's, you know, let's do this, you know? So it, just a couple extra things I wanted to add to that. Cause I find that that's really a, a struggle for a lot of owners that, that do wear all the hats, right? That first step of engaging people and delegating to them. Um, and again, from my standpoint, from my experience, it's all about those kind of initial startup conversations around mm -hmm. it. And then the support conversations and just being real with people, you know, like just be a person. Yeah. Know? Well, you, you, you brought up one thing and I was thinking about this and, and you look at, you go, people that are my age over 50, right? We were taught you don't show weakness. You don't show, I mean, in business, it's, it's always that. And, and really I can't stress the importance of what you said of just sharing with people honestly what is going on because that is so important because people people want where they work they want it to succeed they want it to be a place where they can come and be happy about coming to work and all that other stuff and it's not it's not a sign of weakness it's just, it's just a sign of hey i'm human that's the way it is i've acknowledged it let's move on Let's, let's yeah. work on it and figure things out. And, and you'll see other people do that too. They'll, they'll will begin to adopt and try to grow themselves as well because they see that you're doing it. Cause a lot of times, you know, people look at themselves as the owner as, Hey, yeah. The, in the end, yes, the decisions come to fall down on you and all that stuff, but you don't have to know everything. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to be the one. And there was one simple question that I think, Someone, I don't even remember who told me many years ago when I was starting out to be a manager and talking about delegating and talking about, you know, really, because as someone that grew up knowing how to do something well, you're also then an expert in doing that, which is also your downfall because it's easy for you to solve other people's problems when they should be solving them in business. Yeah. And I forget who it was, but they said the simple thing you ask of people that you're managing 
when they come to you and ask a question that they should be answering themselves, you say, well, what do you think? And then agree with them and say, that's a good idea. Go do it. Yeah. And it's, you know, something that simple in the way that we, the way that we manage can change the way that a business runs and the way we do, uh, do things. And, and by doing that, then you put those people in a situation like you talked about. It's like, okay, Dave, now you're ready to go out and you're running this production department. You're running this production line. Document how the stuff's built on it. You know how it is. You yeah. know how to do it. What happens at each step in the process? And if it takes scratching on a piece of paper, if it takes you taking 10 pictures with your cell phone at the different things and we stick that on a piece of paper, that's what we're starting with. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you just, and, and then they become a part of it. Like you said, I think, cause I think that tying it back to what you said earlier about letting them build that it's, a, it's, it's really simple elegance and brilliance in, in, in building systems in your, in your company around that stuff. Now, when we look at systems too, and we're talking about using systems to drive business growth. People think of systems, they think ERP systems and stuff like that. When you look at businesses that have systems problems, how many times is it that they've got a big system problem, like their ERP system is just book and they got to, you know, it's a, it's a boat anchor, they need to dump it. Or is it the stuff around it in their business that, that is more, needs more attention than that? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, the simple way to answer it is more times than not, it's the stuff around it. Um, more times than not, it is not something ultra complex in terms of, you know, an ERP implementation disaster. Um, but I will tell you in that specific scenario, the times that I have seen ERP implementation disasters, it's a direct result of not one, understanding your business, as crazy as that sounds, but not understanding the processes within your business mm -hmm. and or, you know, recreating poor processes within that ERP environment. So, but, you know, as I tell people, you know, when we talk about systems, a lot of times, to your point, a lot of times, oh, that, you know, oh, it must be CRM. Oh, you must be talking about ERP. Well, yes, but you have to get to a certain point before you're you're ready to even entertain that level of um, technology within your business because the amount of data that that will provide you will overwhelm you very quickly if you are not prepared to receive that and prepared to run your business based on the data. And yeah. the other thing that, you know, can really get you into the weeds is the fact that you know, bad data in is going to give you bad data out. So again, if you don't have the processes, uh, if you don't understand and have the processes documented well, going into something as complex as an ERP implementation is really going to do you a disservice. So I always start, you know, my, my, my kind of core four, right? We start planning. Then we start talking about people. Then we start talking about process. Then finally is technology. It yeah. goes in that order every time because I want to find out, you know, what are we doing on the planning cycle side of things? You know, how are we looking at our business? Do we have, you know, are we implementing standard costs? Do we need to talk about that? Do we have, you know, product and service uh, costing requirements that need to be reviewed? Um, you know, how often are we reviewing, you know, our, our revenue cycle and our profitability? I mean, I go into some businesses that, uh, don't even look at their financial statements on any given, you know, monthly basis, yeah. um, you know, and that can be scary. That's, you know, that's blind leading the blind in terms of what's happening inside of your business. Uh, you should never wait. Uh, you know, as I say, you should never uh, fully wait to just have your accountant or CPA or somebody deliver financial results for you. You need to understand that as a business owner, what's happening inside of your business, because you can yeah. you can severely impact, uh, you know, many lives um, by not having handle on that stuff. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the one of the first things that we do when when we when we go in is is and Gail's with us here today. Hey, Gail. Glad glad we could find us after our, our LinkedIn uh, the, the technical <laughs> glitch where it wouldn't go live. But glad to see you here. Yeah. But, yeah. So glad you could join, Gail. Yeah. Yeah. 
but that's one of the things that we really, and, and I, I was, was drilled into my head running businesses for in, investors is, is the fact that you really can't, if, if you are aggressively, and I shouldn't say aggressively, but if you're really desiring to make fundamental change in your business, the waiting for the cycle of a monthly financial statement is too long. You've missed your opportunity to change. And depending on your business and depending on the, the, the sophistication of your business, the complexity, all different kinds of things, you know, some people, it's really, really good that they should be measuring it on a daily basis. Some people can do it on a weekly basis, but that more frequent basis gives you the feedback to be able to go, okay, my, and it could be as simple as my dollars produced per labor hour this, this week, or my, my total sales for the, for the day, you know, and it could be as simple as that. And, you know, you look at a restaurant sitting, uh, uh, situation you know i know i've got five people working and if i sell x amount of money of, of food today or drinks and food whatever the combination is i'm doing well and just knowing those simple things on that frequent basis allows you to adjust because a financial statement is done not at the end of the month on the 31st it's done probably a week maybe two weeks after if you're yeah. not good at it, it might be the next month. And that is really way too long. You're, you're two weeks after something or two months after something happened, six weeks after something happened. And this more frequent review of not necessarily financials, but good indicators yeah, is really I, where you give the management teams the power to do what they can do. 100%. I mean, I, I define, you know, kind of putting those KPIs, it doesn't matter, again, what we're talking about, it could be your financial reports, it could be, you know, some of the other things that you brought out, but, but basically having lead indicators and lag yeah. indicators, right? Yep. Lead indicators are going to be stuff that's happening or forecasting, right? How many, how many sales leads do I have in my pipeline? How many, you know, uh, work in process orders do I have out on the shop floor today? You know, all those types of things. And the other thing I would add to what you just said is I know, uh, again, both from the corporate setting and from family owned businesses, it can be sometimes, you know, the corporate setting, it was more of a, um, you know, a compliance issue and family run yep. setting. It, it's more of a, uh, I don't want to tell people issue, you know, but my point is, the more information about those KPIs that you can share down to the floor level, um, you know, the more impact ultimately in the long run, it's not going to happen overnight, but in the long run that you will have. Um, I remember having a conversation with a, a shop floor manager and it was like, you know, why, why are we posting all this information out here? Because, you know, none of the people on the floor understand it and, you know, they don't ever come up here and read. But what was interesting is that over the course of time, the more conversations that you had, the more times you referenced those data points and talked about them, you know, tying those data points to what the company goals were, the more people that got interested all the way down to the shop floor. And yeah, they might not have the same level of comprehension as somebody else. Um, but at the end of the day, what you're really trying to do is communicate to people, where are we going? How are we doing on that journey? Are we are we winning? Are we losing? Mm -hmm. Are we just treading water? What are we doing? And yeah. if you if you don't communicate that stuff to people, you can't get upset as an owner, as a, a leader that, you know, well, these guys, you know, these girls, right? How many times have you walked into a shop and heard, you know, leadership say something along those lines, you know, so-and-so yeah. isn't, you know, pulling their weight. So-and-so isn't doing this or, you know, none of these guys, none of these girls want to work, you know, it's, it yeah. blows my mind, you know? That exactly, exactly. And, and when you flip that around and you're given those people that information and you use systems, again, we're talking about systems, using systems to drive business growth. I go back many, many years to when Kaizen and 5S and those kind of things started to really come in vogue in manufacturing. We said, well, why do you, why do you do this? Why do you do that? It was implementing systems is all it was. Implementing systems to keep the place organized, implementing systems to be more efficient, and then documenting those systems so that you can continue to do that. And that, in the end, drives efficiency. And when you can tie those together with KPIs, the good systems and a, and a way to improve them over time, because they all need to be adjusted and those kind of things, 
the the power is you begin to have all these people in the business that are helping to improve the performance of the business. And it's a beautiful thing. And I remember this many, many years ago now that I had uh, a person that that ran a portion of a, a manufacturing facility for me. And when we could begin to share what his labor costs were in a week and the output of the area in a week, and we said, listen, don't, don't, I mean, A, we don't want anybody unsafe. All we want to do is you maximize the efficiency of your area, not only from I'm walking around trying to help people do it, but think about it from a monetary standpoint too. try to be efficient with the money that's spent because the people that are here can get paid more for more efficient. Right. Yeah. And in this factory, and it was 200 people. So in this factory over the course of about two years, we raised the wages by over a third to the everybody. And, and we made more money. Yeah, and we made a lot more money. And yeah. it was because that information was in the hands of people. And when I looked at the person that was doing this step in a, in a process on an assembly line or something, they knew that if, if they worked at it and they got better at something or changed something around to get it better and could go a little faster, they could make more money. Yep. And, and, but they also knew, you know, we had quality and, and those kind of things. But the power of all the minds, that's what I'm trying to get back to when the systems, that you put in place allow you, I think, to harness more people's minds and creativity. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I mean, and and getting back to kind of the earlier point about how systems can be so simple, right? Yes. I think, I think, I think people often think systems have to be complex, that they have to be ERP level complex. Oh. And while they can be, they can literally be as simple as, you know, a 5S project. They can literally be as simple, you know, as, you know, doing some quick changeover studies or doing a, you know, doing a, a, a workflow process map or a value stream map, you know, any of those types of things. So, yeah, it's very much, you know, one, one point I wanted to get back to, too, in terms of, you know, a lot of businesses that I've been into not, not quite being ready to go to the ERP stage the reason that I say that is because more times than not, they have some ability to deliver the uh, KPIs, the data in some form or fashion. So, you know, let's utilize what we have first. Let's get all of that done mm -hmm. first. Let's go through and document our processes first and make sure we understand our, you know, all of that first. And then we can start to layer in the complexity that, you know, ERP brings into the mix uh, and all of the other kind of, you know, what I would say is when it gets really fun because then you can really start to fine tune and dial in on, you know, almost a real-time basis. And in some cases, a real-time basis, mm -hmm. how your entire uh, operation is running. I mean, it's, it's the amount of detail that you can get into is it's amazing. So, mm -hmm. well, and you make, you made a great point and, you know, Sam Gupta brings this up too. And when he, when he talks about ERP and one of the biggest problems that you see is they don't have a documented process before they start implementing an ERP. So they don't know what they're implementing, Yeah, you know, and you brought that point up. I think that is gold right there for, for someone that's considering either revamping how they do it or, or upgrading into a new ERP system is, Hey, document what you're doing now. Uh, so you at least got a starting point. Yeah. I mean, and you can take it even to, you know, if we're talking about a small or let's say we're talking about a, you know, single digit million dollar uh, manufacturing operation, right? You can tie that all the way into somebody that's just running QuickBooks, mm -hmm. right? A bloated chart of accounts, uh, a really, you know, terrible process to uh, generate invoices or, you know, I, you can expand that a bunch of different ways. It doesn't just have to be as we're talking about an ERP implementation. So I encourage people, again, kind of no matter what type of systems you have from a technology standpoint, there are opportunities to look for ways to improve what you're doing to fully understand, you know, what I say is kind of, you know, what's the ideal process, right? Don't, don't, let's not talk about what we do today. We can talk about that as like current state, but what would be 
in an ideal perfect world, what would that process look like? And then let's compare those two and figure out, are there things that we can do today with what we have in place, right? People, technology, process, that we can make that thing happen? Or is there some small bolt-on that we need to add into the mix to be able to make that happen? But, you know, what's kind of the least amount of lift to get us to that ideal process state? Um, and and I, I, try, I bring that up because, again, I feel too often we say, and it goes back to almost the delegation comment, just because we've always done it this way does not mean that that's the way we should be doing it. Yeah. So I always encourage people to push the envelope and say, is there a better way? In an ideal world, could we do this faster? Could we do this with less material? Could we do this with less labor? What else could we do to, you know, and fill in the blank, right? We can keep going down that path, but I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's awesome. It's awesome because it is. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's just good stuff because it, it, it all comes back to just knowing how you're going to do, do things. And like you said, it's around the system and, and, and things like that. One of the things that I really have learned in the last four or five years is the almost necessity for systems and sales now. And this is much different. I think a lot of manufacturers and, and a lot of businesses in general are struggling with this because the sales process has changed so much. And, you know, COVID changed it. And I'm not even yeah. talking about that. Just forget that yeah. that even happened if you want to in the sales process, because the different the, the different ways were bombarded with all kinds of information. And you're trying to 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 make, re, you know, make relation, build relationships, find contacts and do these things and and then nurture those relationships until the, the, the right point where a sale could happen. I just look at that and I go it's a whole new plethora of, of things for you to help companies with, because that's, yeah, you don't have to be a sales expert to do to put might help, but a simple sales process is a process like any other from the standpoint of, I have steps in it and I need to make sure I'm following them. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a perfect point. It's interesting. I'll tell you a, a quick story about a conversation I had uh, earlier this week uh, with a client and you know, it's interesting because I feel like it's telling of of what you're saying and kind of this bigger picture, you know, thought process, right? Like the sales process, the prospecting process, uh, you know, even even some of the just ongoing kind of relationship portion is all different today. And the conversation that I had with the client earlier this week centered around um, a thank you, a touch point, right? An yep. after the fact touch point. And, you know, they came to me and said, you know, I really, I need, you know, do you know anybody that can help me with copy? Because I really need to, uh, here's what I'm trying to do. We're, we want to send out these thank yous after the sale, you know, and I, I want to put a really nice message in there for people. And I just, I stopped a mid track because I said, look, I said, that's the worst thing you can do. I said, this, this company does a lot of sales in person. And so they have, the salespeople have a relationship that's building and that happens in person with this sale. And so I said to him, I said, look, said in that, thank you. What you need to tell people is connect some aspect of that sale, some aspect about what their pain point was, how your product is going to impact that and what you, you know, think is going to be the result or kind of like that next part of the step. I said, be genuine say that in two sentences. And my guess is you're probably going to get either additional referrals out of that or additional business coming back your way. Because to me, it's all about just being a person. It's all about saying like, that's what people are dying for, in my opinion, today, because you've got, you know, so many things happening, happening virtual where you don't have a real connection to real people. Mm -hmm. And you've got, you know, kind of that, um, uh, you know, comparison culture where you can see, oh, you know, everybody's perfect image of, of what their life is and all of those different things. (laughs) I think people are just, they really just want to connect with somebody. And so to me being genuine and say, Hey, Damon, I really appreciate you, you know, stopping by and seeing me on, you know, Friday. And, um, you know, I really appreciate you, 
purchasing this product from me. I hope it helps you with, you know, X, Y, Z. That's yeah. it. You know, that's it. That's all you got to do. Handwrite yeah. it. Two sentences. Yeah. What's that take? Five minutes? You know, yep. I mean, it's, it's so worth the investment. So again, back to not making things complex. You don't need to automate all of that. And yes, there's companies that you can find out there that will take your database and take your, you know, sales and they'll merge all of that and they'll create custom cards and make it look like you hand wrote it and all of that. Yes, there's all of that stuff. But do we really need to do that in this situation? No. We don't, yeah. you know? Well, so. especially in, in something like a, a manufacturing type setting with most of your, you know, as uh, Ray Zaganto, the uh, the manufacturing unicorn out of Chicago, I always love him. He says, you know, you yeah. don't need, you don't need a uh, hundred clients in manufacturing. You probably need three more good clients and you're done. <laughs> and it's yeah. true. It's true. You know, and when you look at it, but coming back to process again and using systems and those kind of things. I one of the things I love about the the sales system and Wesley Greer does an awesome job talking about sales systems. If you ever look her up on LinkedIn, well worth your time to talk with her about that. But the the um, the sales process doesn't have to. It's not all electronic. It never is all electronic, and the process just needs to lay out step A, B, C, D, however many steps it is, and you need to follow it. It's, it's, it's just those things that you have to do. And then, but by doing the process, putting the process in place, and it could be Damon, you need to make a phone call. You need to send an email. You need to write that, that two sentence letter to them. And then you need to call them again. It's that simple. Yeah. It's a process. It's a system we've put in place that now I can show another salesperson how we sell here at XYZ. And the, the thing, the beauty of this and the systems that you're doing and that you talk about is the simplicity in that and the the scalability of of these simple things. Yeah, I mean, you can for, for that, you know, exact instance, right? I think about a checklist. That's the that's the simplest way to, to do it. And there's some there's some tools that are available. Like, again, there's tools that are available, but you can literally just create something as simple. I mean, I've seen people make copies of checklists. <laughs> it could be that simple. Yeah. Right. So it does not have to be complex. What I would add into, you know, your example, and I think it was a good one, is as we're thinking about something like the sales process, making sure that if you do implore some tools, CRM or, you know, some other types of tools that connect leads, that you are adding that into your checklist, into your written documentation yep. so that people understand. And the other thing I would throw out there when we're talking about training on processes, um, one of the tools I really love using in a training setting is Loom. And I, you know, I, I don't get paid by them, right? It's yeah, just yeah, the tool yeah. that I happen to to love, but there's a bunch of different ones. So you pick one yeah. that you like, but it's a screen recorder and it puts your face in a little bubble in the corner of the screen and you can move your face around if you want. But the coolest part about it is that you could walk somebody through, let's say you're training somebody on a CRM. Um, and, you know, to your point that there are a couple of, you know, very important steps that you want people to uh, make sure that they follow in that process. You can walk through that entire thing in one five minute video, you can host it on, you know, Google or, or Microsoft or whatever yep. your favorite platform, you know, internal server, doesn't matter. Again, all that stuff doesn't matter. Um, but then it becomes a library. Then you can start building your video process library where now you've got new training videos. You can have follow-up training for people. Um, yeah. Again, it's, it's <laughs> literally this simple stuff, right? That, that you, you can you just start hit it. With. You hit it so well there. And I, that's gold uh, of, among the gold. It's something that people should think about because uh, I've actually got a client that that we in the in the next quarter, we're going to start helping document processes and we're going to do that same thing. And it's going to be, like you said, a loom screen video going on as this is what we do. Do this step, do this step, do this step. Yep. That's all we're doing. That's what we're doing for documenting processes. And it's that simple. If we need to write them, we need to do beyond that, need to something else, that'll be done. But that'll capture 80, 90% of the information you need right there. And that's that's yep. so good for people that want to develop a process that they can train people on. 
the other cool thing you can do with that is um, because, you know, a lot of the companies I go into don't have, you know, big IT infrastructure, yeah. right? So uh, another really cool thing you can do is create a private YouTube channel mm-hmm. and then you can, um, you know, create QR codes out mm-hmm. on your workstations. Boom, scan it. Because who doesn't have a smartphone these days, right? Yeah, so yeah. You scan the QR code. It, it drops you right to the YouTube channel, the private YouTube channel. And that way you've got process documentation where you need it throughout your entire organization. You don't have to create some you know, crazy separate library. You can, yeah. you can tag videos so you can create tags for customer service. You can create tags for, you know, wow. whatever shop floor. You can create tags for warehouse. You can create tags for shipping, all of that stuff. It's just another way to kind of take advantage of um, getting this information to the right people. And then again, go back to what I started with encouraging people to get involved and say, how can we improve this? What part's missing? Is there some key aspect of this that I didn't touch on that we should be adding? Is there anything else we need to cover? Is there something that happens regularly that we need to address? Just start having those types of conversations. And again, I I almost guarantee that you will be blown away um, by how quickly your business starts to pick up steam. That's incredible. Awesome. It's just awesome advice. I mean, all the way you started talking to the private YouTube channel and I was thinking of this working in the business myself and I was just soaking it in, man. <laughs> so great. So great. I, I I mean, thank you. But again, my point is it doesn't have to be complex. Let's not make this yeah. stuff complex. And, and we can build the complexity in as it comes down the road, right? Let's just yeah, yeah. get started with it. Um, because just starting is going to be better than where you're at today, you know, and we can continue to take steps forward. So that, I think that's, you know, part of the roadblock for a lot of people though. They, they, they look at systems as being intimidating because again, you talk systems, it's like, Oh, we don't need an ERP. Oh, we don't, you know, we don't need to do that. We don't need any, you know, automation within our, you know, uh, manufacturing environment. It's like, well, at some point you will, right. If you want to go from, you know, 15 million to 30 million, at some point you're going to have to start, you know, deploying some of this stuff Mm -hmm. because there's only so much that people can do until you get to, again, that another plateau. So you've got to, at some point, start implementing you know more complexity into your operation but to get started to get started wherever you're at today just simplest path quickest path because then you can change then you can see what's working what's not change continue to change good stuff you said one thing and it was just rolling through my mind there's about a gazillion things that are going through (laughs) my head right now i'm really excited because this is good stuff because i mean i'm i'm writing a lot of notes because there's things that i'm going to use out of here too and and it's it's always awesome just to just to hear things from from people as 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 really as talented you in this because i was thinking if 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 a system is intimidating somebody just simply write down the steps that you think you need to go through. And I'm thinking of, I've been working with clients on some sales stuff and, and we're looking at multi-such sales processes. And as you were talking about just putting the steps down, I was thinking to myself, well, why the heck haven't we done that? Just write the step, step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Yes, we need a system. Yes, we're going to need that. But once you write that down and you start, like you said, put what you know about each step and then keep building on that. And then follow yep. the process. Yeah. So I mean, so easy. You can get yourself into the weeds. Like I, I, you know, I love spreadsheets and PowerPoints and yeah. you know, flow charts. And I mean, you name <laughs> it. And I love all of that stuff. But honestly, the best place to start, ink and paper, pencil yeah. and paper. Get it there first. And then you can transfer it to, let's say, a Google Doc where you could share it amongst your leadership team. And then you let them have some input and then you can share it out to the shop floor and let them have some, right? Like you can take small steps to it because again, it's the, you know, how do you eat an elephant? Right. And when we look at some of this stuff, sometimes that's what we see. We see a big elephant and, and then what happens? I'll get to that. I'll get to that. We don't have time to deal with that right now. It's too big. That never happens. You know, that never happens. So there's always something else that gets put in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, David, it's been awesome having you on today and we could talk for a long time on this but, and we may have to come back again because there's some some of these things that that it would be really fun to have you come back and talk about some specifics. But 
I, I just want to say, I appreciate you, you stopping by and, and sharing a little bit more and, and uh, just talking about this to, so hopefully we can break down the, maybe a little bit of the fear factor, the intimidation of, of systems. And maybe we've inspired some people today to take that first step and start to really do the things that will build a business that will go past those plateaus. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me on, Damon. It's always fun to chat with you. And uh, yeah, always happy to uh, jump back on another one of these because, yeah, it's uh, it's I, I love this stuff. I'm, I'm really passionate about it. I really enjoy it. This is the stuff that gets me going. And uh, again, kind of, you know, wrapping how I started for me, it's it's seeing the transformation of, you know, the leadership and the shop floor coming together and really moving the needle for people's businesses. It's just that transformation is just kind of so magical. There's just really no way to articulate it for me, but that's really the thing that, that does it for me every time. And it's what keeps me coming back. So I appreciate yeah. you letting me be uh, be a guest on here. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. And and what you're doing is actually helping, you know, when I'm working with owners and we're trying to a get their business to the size they want and then making a business that they can actually sell and then get it sold for them. You know, what you're talking about, the system and stuff takes, just really addresses one of the key problems. And that is ownership involvement in a business. If the owner is the, the heart, the soul, the everything of a business, it's worth nothing without that owner. And it takes systems like yours uh, that you're helping people to put in place to really allow that owner to, to multiply their value and spread that value of the business into everyone that works there. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Reclaim your life and grow your business. That's why I use that. <laughs> there you go. Reclaim your life and grow your business. Awesome. Well, Dave, thanks so much for being here today. We will be back again next week with another guest on the Faces of Business, but we're just finishing up here with Dave Chrysler from the Chrysler Club and we'll be back again. I was going to say something, Dave, about if you look at the spelling of Dave's last name, <laughs> <laughs> Dave's last name is spelled Chrysler C R Y without an H like the auto company. And he's from Detroit. So I was just, I bet you've had to spell that a few times. Once or twice, once or twice. <laughs> yes. Well, with a last name like Pastalka, I've spelled mine a few times as well too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Have a great night, everyone. And we'll be back again next week. Thanks, David. 